Lemmings is proof the psychosis clock is right twice a day. It's Amigos, everything Amiga. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, mm. we're talking about lemmings. Ooh, yeah. Now, Aaron, you're aged. <laughs> Did you... Did you have to say that's how you're starting the show? <laughs> Do you remember um, watching, you know, film strips or slideshows in elementary school about lemmings, the animal, before you played lemmings, the game? No, no. I had heard the term. You know, yeah, back when I was in school, we just held rocks up to the candle and looked at the shadow boat. Boy, that sounds awful. <laughs> You're a jerk. Anyway, no, I had heard the term lemmings, uh, and I knew they, you know, I, maybe I saw some in cartoons or something. I didn't know what they looked like. There was no, like, if someone said, hey, draw me up a lemming. Like, like we knew imaginary creatures. Like, we had, like, snipe. Snipe was What's the that? thing. I knew. You never heard of a snipe? Mm-mm. So when I joined, uh, when I went to scout camp, you oh, know, okay. Yeah, go, I like, remember it's the time snipe to go hunt. in the snipe right. hunt. Yeah. And so we we're like, what's the snipe look like? Oh, they're crazy big teeth and all mm. that stuff. Then you go out in the woods like a doofus. <laughs> right. And no one's buying it. <laughs> it's a lot like the bug juice. Like they're like, it's bugs. Right. Well, it's a Kool-Aid. It's Kool-Aid. It? You know, and so you go out there with a flashlight and some idiot kid would be like, there's one. Or it's like, like no, or maybe he was trying to be cool or play along with the gimmick mm-hmm. or whatever. And we'd all run around. <laughs> You know, I found a snipe feather. They'd hold up some kind of crap. You know, so I heard about snipes as an invisible creature. You know, or gremlins. That mm-hmm. was another cartoon one where they'd screw with the planes and stuff. But lemmings, which are a real creature, right? I yeah, mean, they, uh, they're real. Well, the reason why I brought it up is that the the whole thing that everybody knows about lemmings is entirely false. They are not actually suicidal. This was a myth. <laughs> perpetuated by the Walt Disney World Company. Okay. They used to make those those wildlife features on yeah. the wonderful world of Disney. I love those. And They're the great. person writing that made that up. And it became common knowledge from there. But the lemmings do not throw themselves off of cliffs. You this know, is false. That's what was great about like the 60s and 70s. <laughs> One goof could like mess up history. Right. Forever. Nobody knew. So whatever, you know, if Walt says it. It's true. I would love to think that. I can just see a writer. He's in the back. Like, man, these things are so boring. What do I write about him? I'm, well, willingly kill self. I'll, I'll get him over. And it did. It yeah. worked. Yeah. What I always thought when I was a kid, and I, you know, of course, I always, I, I believed what Walt said, is that what if you just had one lemming? Yeah. And if it was your pet? That would be the worst pet to have because no matter what you do, it'd be trying to fling itself off. Well, you know? I thought the whole bit with lemmings is that they follow other lemmings. You don't think it is? So the- think of how sad that guy would be. He'd just stare at a mirror and just keep well, running into it. Who starts the parade, though? But, I mean, well, you got a valid point Game in game terms. Or, or in, in life. But, I mean, you've heard the term, like, don't be a bunch of lemmings. Right. Oh, yeah. Right. So that means don't follow D- Doofus Joe. Right. I guess there's a king lemming. King Dong of Lemmings, that he's the guy that just wanders off. Maybe <laughs> not much of a king. If you think about it, maybe there's just one suicidal lemming, and then the rest of them are just go along with the crowd type. So yeah. it only takes one guy. They all jump up. the Did cliff. you ever read that story about how they have the lottery and they always kill the person that gets drawn? It's a story you read in like middle it's school the or high school. Yeah, the lottery. Yeah. It may, it's like if the king lemming is just happens to be the one lemming that's sort of tired of life. Yeah, that's how it works. You know, I think we got a lot of lemmings in real life. You think so? I think one or two people can adversely affect 
huge waves of people. Mm-hmm. You know, and so if you think about that, it's a bad thing, but it could be a good thing if the one guy that's leading them is like doing smart, clever things to help people. As opposed to dumb, horrible things to hurt people. Who do you think is the most uh, dangerous king lemming of humanity? Well, listen, I don't want to go down. I mean, in history. I'm talking about in history. You I don't, don't know, have maybe, to go Maybe like G- G- Genghis Khan or somebody. You know, because he's like, hey, you know, let's go take their crap. And they did. Of course, it's not like he was the first guy to think that up. It's right. a problem. Right. You know, but I mean, I guess somebody like that. Mm. You know, or, but I mean... Uh, okay, here's another one. Uh, uh, the the Kool Aid guy, Kool Aid man, the Jones guy. Oh, Bob G- Jones. No, not Bob. Uh, what what was his first name? Was it Bob? Hey, whatever his name was, he had all those doctor, the cultists down there. You know, it's like, hey, listen, let's. Or remember the guy that went ready to meet the UFO, like cult leaders. Mm-hmm. Those are bad for the lemmings. Yeah. You don't want too many of those guys. Yeah, usually cult leaders make good king lemmings. Yeah, John Jones. Is that his name? Jim Jones. Jim Jones. That's John Jones is the MMA guy. <laughs> Also has lemmings, unfortunately. He's not a good role model either. Isn't Dana's last name Jones, too? Uh, Dana White. Oh. Yep. Well, that kind of kills that <laughs> theory. Close. But, so, yeah, there are people that lead the... I'm not saying these are lemmings. They're sort of like the king. Mm-hmm. You know, who do you think the, of the two of us, and maybe I'll throw Brent in there, who's the head lemming, and who's the doofus just follows everybody else? Oh, I'm definitely the head I know. lemming. And I'm the doofus, I yeah. know. Yeah. I'll no, follow us <laughs> right off the cliff. <laughs> and I'm in a good position to lead us. I'm telling you, the day you come in, it's like, we got a new show coming out. We're going to talk about, like, we're going to talk about woodworking or something. I'll be like, all right, it's all good to me, but then we're done. Right off the cliff. That's how it'll go down. I've always thought about the snack wells, ladies. In a sexy way? I mean, I guess both and. I don't know who situation. they are. Well, they're these ladies that are on the Snackwells commercials. Yeah. They're always shopping at the thing, and they look at the cookies, and they say, low fat, let's eat them. That's what... Is and, that true? And then all of a sudden, low fat became the thing, and nobody looked at calorie count, and that's yeah. why we're all fat. Here's the thing snack about the Snackwells. I, I was on board with the snack. And we're, we're not endorsed by Snackwells. We're burying them, actually. Yeah. But they're pricey, and they're not that great. No. The problem is, you've got to weigh hilariously the word you use you gotta weigh how much you want to not eat fat with how much you want to enjoy what you eat true true and there's a and there's a there's a fine balance there and then sometimes you take the whole scale throw it in a river and eat a whole pizza Mm -hmm. that's the way i like you know what we went to the mall for the jazz festival the other day and uh, it was yesterday, and I went to the cookie place. You ever go there? The old cookie have, place there I at the mall? I have been there. I don't go there often, yeah. It, everything there is mega expensive. Yeah, because you get those cookies that had the icing in the right. middle. Right, but that's I got the double doozy. What's that? The, that's what they call it. That's the official that's name the, of the cookies with the icing in the yeah, middle. Yeah. Because it was half off. It was yeah. like, still like two fifty, which oh, is yeah. a lot. That, but that's not bad. Is, but anyway, I ate one of those. I felt ill. Yeah. I'm, I'm in no position at this point of life to eat a double that's doozy. That's not a snack well. <laughs> No. Those no. cookies, like, I, I wouldn't even have guessed that the thousands of calories. It's, it's that a was. snack won't, is yeah. what that is. That's <laughs> nothing to do with lemmings. I wonder what lemmings eat, come and think of it. Other lemmings? That goes down a sinister road. It does. Because you can lead the lemmings into, like, a boiling pot and then just sort of jump out. Yeah. You set yourself looking. up as the blocker and you're watching them go and you're <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what would lemming taste like, do you think? I, I've had frog legs. You think they're frog? You think they're reptilian? Are lemmings were, reptiles? Not real lemmings, aren't? Aren't they like rodents or something? Are they? I don't know. It's hard for me to really picture a real lemming in my mind. I'm guessing raccoon be my guess. I wouldn't want to eat raccoon. Why? They're filthy creatures. Eaters. Yeah, but you, it's not like you're eating their skin. You clean them up. They got little hands. 
That's true. You are eating something that's a hand yeah. similar to your own. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a red line. Aaron, let's talk about lemmings. <laughs> All right, Aaron, this week's episode of Amigos is brought to you by patrons such as Bill Bright, Ben Stein, Commodore Chronicles, Martin Turner, and Nicholas Ingels. Thank you. If you'd like to support our show and enjoy what our what we do, patreon.com slash Amigos Podcast. Or Patreon, place. if pa- you prefer. If you say Patreon, you get a punch in the face oh, from me. Man. I hate those people. <laughs> All right, Aaron, tell me about Lemmings. What a game, Boat. I will say I'll lead the show with that. Uh, we looked at this game uh, way, way back. Get this. Episode 9. 9. Yeah. December 13th, 2017. We had a That's definitely not true. Episode 9 was in 2015. 2015. I wrote the number down. Yeah. 2015. This was uh, one of the earlier things we looked at. I think by this point, we'd only looked at about 12 games because we used to double and triple up. <laughs> we had a couple of interview episodes this must have been the number, 2017 must have been when you went back and re and re yeah, that's what, yeah, that's edited what, the video. We also, that's well, that's when I put them up on YouTube. That's all. Oh, that's right, because we weren't on YouTube for exactly. that episode. Well, there exactly. you go. Uh, this was released, uh, the game, I mean, in uh, February of 1991, February 14th to be exact. Uh, two discs. Uh, this was developed by DMA Design and published by Psygnosis. This literally took DMA, who were already pretty, they were already doing stuff, and made them the king dog of games. Right. And Psygnosis was like literally taking in money with a rake. Mm-hmm. They're making money hand over fist, boat, uh, with this game. Uh, this was uh, coded by Dave Jones and graphics Gary Timmons and uh, Scott Johnson. Music on this hilariously, Brian Johnson and Tim Wright. I did look up a little thing about the music of this. I didn't realize this. When they originally did the music for this, it was your usual Psygnosis baloney. Did mm, you know? Pan flute and no, all that? it was sampled crap to beat the oh, band. Okay. And like a lot of like flavored like a song. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the uh, people were like, you know, we're going to get hit, killed with copyright. And so to replace that, they just that's why you get all these kind of you, wacky the generic songs yeah, or bells, songs from their other games. Up on the housetop. So the, uh, uh, the soundtrack of this could have been quite different. That's around your OCS, and uh, to go over, I'm not going to, I've got a, I've got a list here that you wouldn't believe of what this got ported to. This was an Amiga, uh, Amiga did it first, then it got ported to, just, if you think of something, it's there. Mm-hmm. Unless it's some kind of obscure thing we did on ARG, it's there. I mean, everything from the 3DO to the PSP, and everything in between. The CDI got a port. The That's, Game Boy got a port the of Game this. Boy, the Sam Coupe got a real nice port of this. All the Game Boys, all the NESs, all the Segas, everything. Everything you can think of. The hilarious thing is, this was actually prototype for the arcades as well. Did you really? know that? I did not know so that. So get this boat. I didn't know this either until I looked into it. Uh, Data East was like, yeah, we'll make an arcade game out of this bad boy. And, there's a, and it exists. Uh, it never got. It never actually got released, but it did get made, and there. Are, it's got most of the same levels. It's got a uh, trackball uh, for the for your control, and it was two. It's two trackballs because it has two player mode, just like you would expect. The music's not as good, uh, and some of the levels were messed around with. But it's got most of the levels, but it was never released. 
I think it's in a playable state with a lot of bugs, as you can imagine. But, I mean, it came real close to getting put out there in the arcade. Mm-hmm. So, think about Lemmings in the arcade. Do you think that would work? <sighs> I don't know. Lemmings doesn't strike me as something I want to play in the arcade. On the other hand, sometimes puzzle games work well in the arcade. But this isn't like most... This isn't like Tetris or something. That was perfect for the arcade. I don't know about this one. This is a game that I think requires some degree of precise control over tiny objects on the screen. Yeah. And uh, I don't think that uh, an arcade is the perfect environment for a game like this. You I don't think, think it would have worked you, How well. do you think about a trackball as a controller? It might, it might be okay. But, well, okay, a trackball works okay. You're right. But... Having to go, just a lot of the quick movements that you'd have to do where you're going down to the kind of lemming that you want. Maybe if you introduce buttons, this is how you'd have to lay it out. Yeah. You'd have to have a lemming select buttons. Maybe like two like uh, left and right buttons that selected the lemming and then a select button right below it. So you have the three right there and then you have the action button for the trackball and the trackball. Yeah, you could do it. It would be, but then... I'd imagine they'd want this to be a two-player game, though. So you'd well, have is, to double it's got, up. It's got so it was, two, it, it was yeah. a two-player game. And so. if they, it's funny thing about it. The two-player aspects of Lemmings, you know, whatever Roy Harley talks about, but they really, they ported the two-player. I looked at, it got ported to most of the machines. Yeah, yeah. So it was there. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it got, the expansions had it. So, I mean, it, someone was playing it. It's mm-hmm. funny because when me and you played it the first time, we seemed like we are both kind of surprised at how much fun it was. It was, it's a super fun. We'll get to that. Uh, anyway, Poured to everything. Enough said. You could you could look it up. There's just everything you can think of, including phones, everything else. Um, when this game comes up, uh, you get a uh, pretty amusing opening screen where the lemmings are shown cl- climbing uh, their own logo mm-hmm. with this nice little like pan flute gimmick in there, and they stand there. It zooms out. It's real. It's real attractive, yeah. isn't it? Mm-hmm. And then you come you come up with a very basic. Uh, opening screen, yeah, and it's and then it's so it's really to get into, uh, into the what you're going to do on this thing. Uh, I don't know. It's been so long since you played this the first time. Do you recall your first impressions? Did you hear about this before you played it? The first time I played this was on the Super Nintendo. Really? Yeah, yeah. How I does got, it play with that stick? It plays great, and I'll really? tell you why. The okay. what they do is they use all the buttons on the Super Nintendo controller. Okay. Okay. So when you're playing this on the Amiga, you can use the F keys. Uh, but I always just use the mouse. I use the mouse almost exclusively as yeah. I'm moving around. On the Super Nintendo, you use the, some of the buttons to select the lemming that you're currently using. Yeah. You use the, you, of course, you use the D-pad to move the cursor around. But the key is, if you hold down the shoulder buttons, you can do like a fast scroll where you can scroll across the screen really quickly. Yeah. Because that's really the key is to be able to get around the level fast. Um, I, you know, I never played this on, I didn't play this on the PC until I played the Amiga version. Mm -hmm. Um, and the graphics, of course, are fine on the Super Nintendo. This is a game, like you said, that ports extremely well to almost any platform if you have the correct kind of button set up. What if this supported that Super Nintendo mouse? I did not. Really? Yeah. That's kind of, I guess because the way they built it, you can't do much with it. Yeah. So, uh, so you played that before you played, I guess Amiga was probably the next one you tried. Yeah. I never had this on the PC. All right, well, there you go. I did I did have this for the PC, uh, and I, but I saw it on the Amiga first. So uh, when you start Lemmings up, uh, you, you can pick one to two players. You pick your difficulty. Uh, you can put in a code uh, to skip a level, and then you can start. There, there, it's, I mean, the, I, I like the opening screen because it's basic. This game, uh, take the gameplay out of it. 
it's put together real well. Mm-hmm. Everything's got a code. Mm-hmm. Everything's skippable. Everything you could go to different levels to do stuff, which I like. You don't have to play stuff over and over, which I like. They're, they do a lot of the stuff right with it. And what I like about that is most games make you wait forever to get anywhere or go through a sit through a bunch of complicated crap. They knew this was a mouse driven game, so you use the mouse, you click what you want, you're there. So, what is this game? I, why don't, do you want to try to give us a shot at describing exactly what this is? I mean, it's a game where you try to get your lemmings out the exit. That's effectively what you're doing. Right. This is a game where you do not have direct control over the protagonist. Uh, this is a game where you uh, you are uh, ostensibly trying to guide a group of uh, a, a horde of lemmings from a, a trap door from which they fall to an exit uh, to the next level. Um, and you do that by uh, assigning the lemmings various roles. Uh, I printed out, you know, this is one of the things that not a lot of people talk about is the wonderful manual to lemmings. Which I've never seen. <laughs> uh, yeah, this, is, this, is a, this game comes with a manual that is full of hand-drawn art. So, for example, instead of just listing what the lemmings do, uh, sort of what they've got here if you're watching at home, uh, they actually have a full page of art that uh, is hand-drawn, and the lemmings are drawn very uh, with a lot of personality. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Much like a lot of things in life, as the lemmings age, they became cuter. Uh, the lemmings in this already, if you look at their eyes, they look like they're ready for death. Yeah, they look um, like they're stone. Right. <laughs> and so, but anyway, you've got you've got climbers, you've got blockers, you've got bridge builders, you've got diggers, you've got bashers. All these lemmings, pretty much anything that you can imagine that you'd want to do to get a lemming from point A to point B, you can do with these lemmings. And so, what you do is you click on uh, an occupation, or you select it with the F key. And then you uh, select with the cursor a particular lemming, and that lemming assumes that role, and it assumes that role for the rest of its natural life. Yeah, um, it will. Uh, you cannot change a lemming's role once it is assigned, and uh, and actually that may I not be true. It's a floater. Yeah, you, you may be able, but like there are some, like for example, most infamously the blockers. Yeah, uh, the only way that you can uh, you can uh, get rid of them is to destroy them. Some of the some of the occupations are permanent positions. Yes, some of them are not. So like blockers is permanent. It's They're, like working for the KSP. It it's is a permanent position. That's right. It's exactly <laughs> like that. Uh, just to reiterate what Boat said, you've got, there are eight skills: climbers, floaters, bombers, blockers. Builders, bashers, miners, and diggers. Now, most of those are just moving, like digging, obviously, going down. Mining, you're going diagonally down. These are just moving stuff. Blockers just stop the lemmings from going that way. Floaters, it's like giving your lemming a parachute. He fl- he floats down. Climbers climb. It's obvious. Mm-hmm. They don't make it. They don't make it difficult. Uh, and your goal is to get a percentage of these uh, lemmings to the exit. Now. Uh, um, they play with these rules quite a bit in this game because what this allows them to do is they can change the number of lemmings. Like the number of lemmings on a level are not consistent. There's not all there. Sometimes there are more, sometimes there are less, and they can also change how uh, how many the percentage of these that have to live. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on some of the levels, you're it's real tight, including levels where you there are going to be guys that can't live because they become blockers, mm-hmm. and so they figure that in. They're very cunningly done, these levels, uh, both, uh, and they are, uh, some are more difficult than others, and of course, the, you'll cha- that, the percentages and whatnot will change 
given the difficulty level as well. I always played on the lowest level, by the way. Well, what's great about it is that from that main menu, you can choose, you can do fun, toxing, mayhem, and insane, or something tricky. like that. Tricky, tricky. Yeah. Fun, tricky, toxing, and mayhem, mm. which is, there you go. Yeah. And it's right there. That's what, that's great. Again, that's what's great about it. Uh, if you get to a point, and this always happens, uh, if you get to a point where you have failed the level and you're sitting there riding it out, there's basically a button at the bottom of this thing that nukes all your lemmings, mm -hmm. and uh, which basically means they all st stop what they're doing after a countdown. They put their hands on their head, they shake a little bit, and then they explode all mm. over the place. A very uh, colorful explosion. Let's get listen. The nitty gritty of this game is the lemmings themselves. So don't get me wrong, the level stuff are great, but the little characters, like you mentioned, have an appeal that is worldwide. They really do. And this is another example of taking these incredibly tiny creatures and giving them personality and giving them a look uh, that it's amazing that you someone can work at the scale. I don't know how many pixels a lemming is made ten, up of. It. Ten, ten pixels high. It's quite amazing what you can do. It's very much like the Cincy crew where they took these little guys and they made them so uh, lifelike. They walk, they, they, their little hairs move. It's, I mean, it's amazing, isn't it? This, there's a lot of things, you know, as I was thinking about what I was going to say about yeah. this game. There's like five or six statements that I can say the real genius behind Lemmings is blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Because there's a lot of real genius behind <laughs> Lemmings. Um, but one of the things that makes this game great is that it's a puzzle game that you actually care about the thing that you're trying to save or the thing that you're trying to do. Yeah. For example... We played the game Photon, right? Oh God! Where you've got to you're you're directing this beam of light around yeah. a level, you know, to get to the exit. Okay, I mean that's fine, you know, but you don't really care about the beam of light. You're not emotionally invested yeah. into the beam of light. Same thing with the uh, the pushover. We both really like pushover, but you're pushing a bunch of dominoes down. It's you know, true. it's true. In Lemmings, you've got these little guys, these little guys that appear to be alive. You know, the way that they walk. The way that they perform their actions, they seem like living, breathing creatures that exist in this world. And to some extent, you want to protect them, you know? And that is the thing that, that is one of the things that makes Lemming stand out among the thousands of puzzle games that exist. It reminds, I'll tell you, there's another game that does a lot of what this one does. In fact, they're similar in many ways. Cannon fodder. They did the a very similar thing. Mm -hmm. is They take these tiny little sprites. And they make you care about them. Right. You actually feel bad. I mean, unless you're a, a real jerk. Mm -hmm. You feel bad when these little guys get killed. Yeah. You know, and, or you screw them. Because, I mean, not only do they, uh, you don't win, but they die horribly. Mm -hmm. They get burned. They fall in lava. They get, like, ripped in, like, ripped up. Right. They, they splat on the ground. They die in horrible ways. Mm -hmm. And you and you're like, man, I did that <laughs> because yeah. I dropped the ball. I didn't yeah. get the level right. Now this is unlike cannon fodder because your guy does not explode in a bloody pile in this game. Right. Thank the, the the explosions and the deaths in Lemmings are a, a lot more cartoony. Yeah. And it's good. It's a good thing they are because, like you said, you have to destroy some Lemmings to save all of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we so we mentioned the different levels. The the levels in this start out pretty basic. The first 10 levels, which even I can get through, the fun levels, are uh, pretty simple levels where you are basically learning the skills of your of your lemmings. And basically, the majority of the gameplay takes place on one, one and a half screens. This game has, uh, you have to scroll the screen because it gets huge. Mm -hmm. It'll get multiple screens wide. 
and you'll have to take and move your mouse across the screen to get to the entirety of the screen. So that means you're sort of juggling right. what you're doing. Uh, you can also increase or decrease the, uh, you can certainly increase the amount of lemmings that come out, uh, and you can, so how fast they come out, not the amount. And so sometimes you're going to want, if, you, if you've pretty much got the level taken care of, you can crank it up and just run them all out of there real quick. Sometimes you you don't want that to happen. You want to have you want as much right. time as you can it's get. It's worth noting that you can change the limbing release rate, but you cannot physically speed time up in right. the first game. Right. Um, that changed, and that did happen. Yeah. And later in later iterations, you were yeah. able to do that. But in a lot of cases, you're just watching the limbings stream out and watching them go in. But that never bothered me because I consider that to be the reward for a job well done. You watch them go through the path that you've set. And then you watch them escape through the, the hatch or through you know into the little thing or whatever. I love that. So it's sort of like when you beat Solitaire and you watch all the cards bounce down. I love that. I want to mention that, and I think this is funny. Um, I was reading, uh, I was looking on the wiki, and I, was looking at, I found another little backstory of the development. There's actually quite a bit on this game. <coughs> and they were talking about how they came into making this game. And the, like and how this game came into being. And, one, and the first thing that came out, they came up with was the guy, the mm-hmm. little guy. And they were milling around in, in D-Paint. Uh, and they were working on Walker, which is one of my favorite games and a game you don't like. And get this, uh, so when they did that, they thought, hey, maybe we can use these little guys as a sequel to Blood Money, another game you don't like. So in some small way, you can you can credit two games you don't like with the oh, game yeah. you do like. Well, you had to make some stinkers before you could make Well, those. I love Walker. And by the way, Walker also features little guys mm-hmm. that run around. Yeah. You know, little guys are sort of a big deal in the Amiga, little tiny guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, and both, the, uh, but both those games are, are sort of accredited this. Uh, and it, uh, the one guy who actually saw the little guys walking around was uh, uh, Russell Cade. He said, "There's a game in that," and he's the one that coined them Lemmings. He's a, he, so he's the one that named it. So you could blame him for it. Uh, then they started making. They used uh, some kind of D paint plugin or filter or something to make levels. So I guess level making this wasn't super tough. Mm-hmm. So then they just would make levels and to challenge each other. The teams did. So they came up with hundreds of levels, and they would send them back and forth. And when someone could beat that level or had a trick they didn't know about, they'd come up with another level. So this got a lot of uh, wide uh, level uh, production from all over the place because people were sending these back and forth. You know when a game gets a lot of action in your office, that's always a good sign, mm-hmm. you know, because people are interested in it. Some of these levels, I don't know how far you get into this game uh, in terms of levels because you're a pretty cerebral guy. Boat, but there, I, I, I will say there's a hard ceiling to my abilities in this, and it's right after the fun levels where there's just too much going on for me to keep track of, but I just can't figure it out. Like, as you get up into this game, you're going to find levels that are based on other Psygnosis properties. Uh, the one that got me was Ot. There's a level based on Ot that has the music from Awesome in it, the mod file, uh, and there are a few others. Uh, which I've never gotten to see this without just cheating. How, how far do you? How long can you play this thing before you give up? I mean, I can, <clears throat> I can definitely get past the fun levels. Yeah. Really, I play until the game stops. I, I play until the game requires a degree of dexterity that I do not possess. Yeah. Because a lot of times I can see what I'm supposed to do to get through a level, but one of the things that that makes Lemmings difficult is the fact that it's not enough to just be able to solve the puzzle in your head. You've got to have the mouse dexterity to select the correct lemming yeah. and make him do the correct thing at the correct place. Yeah. And that can be frustrating. 
Yes, and and it's not, and that's what that's what makes this game. That's your barrier of entry right there. It's if you don't have the manual dexterity to do this sort of thing and think fast or work under pressure, it's not going to be the game for you. Uh, I should mention uh, the Amiga version of this. I mentioned they developed hundreds and hundreds of levels. The Amiga version has a on two discs has 120 levels. That's the base version of this, and then you've also got 22 player levels. Uh, as this thing went out to other machines, the majority of them got at least that. Uh, and uh, the, uh, the the SNES version has five extra levels. The Genesis version has 60 extra levels. So if you're looking for extra levels, those would be the way to go. The funny thing is the Windows 95 PlayStation Game Boy viewers have fewer levels. They actually lost some levels, which is funny if you consider how much larger the media was for when you right. cut up in those areas. I, it, would, it would be interesting to know why some levels were cut from these later releases. Yeah. Uh, most versions got the two-player, but the Commodore 64 didn't get it, and there are only 100 levels on that. But still, if you think about it, uh, I would, I've never played the C64 or the, or the Spectre version of this, but I would be interested to see what it looks like, because, I mean, that you're talking some finite detail. I've played, I think I've played the Spectrum version oh, yeah. on the stream before. <laughs> And uh, again, you know, even with the uh, even with the um, with the the smaller resolution or whatever, you can still see what's going on. Of course, it's not going to be colorful, but you can still see what's going on. It's it's not bad. It's just this is one of those games that surprisingly translates well to almost everything. Like I said, even the Game Boy got a version. I did play this on the uh, Sam Coupe emulator. It's quite nice. Mm-hmm. That's one of the games that really sells the machine. It's it's real good. And there was a Mac port. There's tons of ports for this thing. Uh, it got everywhere. Uh, guess what? When this was released, it was super duper successful. I mean, super successful. Uh, and how successful was it? Well, and we've talked about how much a game sold before. I saw this stat two different places. I'm going to go with it. Uh, the original sales for the Amiga uh, Lemmings on the it topped fifty five thousand copies. On the first day. Yeah, well, you know what? Well, you know why that happened. Because the distributors saw it and probably bought up a ton of it. No, I what, guess. what happened was they had the foresight to release a one a, a demo oh, disc yeah. on, a, on a magazine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Because that got everybody's appetite wet. So as soon as release day hit, boom, they had all that built I, it's, up demand. It's, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because that didn't occur, occurred to me. I thought to myself, my God. How did they get the word of mouth out? That's a, you're, I guarantee you're dead. Well, I watched a two-hour documentary about well, the making of this game. To put it in perspective, by the way, it's a first day, all right, and on the Amiga. They said, to put it in perspective, Menace sold 20,000 copies, period, oh, yeah. and Blood Money sold 40,000 copies, period. Mm. So it sold, I almost outsold both those in the first day. Right. And I'm guessing the forthcoming Walker, which took which was released after Lemmings, Probably did not do as well as as those other two games because mm-hmm. I don't recall it being that popular. Um, so it's estimated that the uh, w- across all uh, all platforms, the original Lemmings sold somewhere between fifteen and twenty million copies. Like it was a world for a little while. It was a worldwide phenomenon that was everywhere. I mean, if you were alive and that when it was out, it's one of those games mm-hmm. that transcended the. I mean, it was. Would you say this is the biggest Amiga game ever released? Could you say that? Um, I can't think of one any close to that. Probably. Yeah. Probably. I think it's the big. So you could, and of course, we're not getting the myriad of sequels because of it's it's the Tetris of the Amiga. Yeah. It's a game that has instant broad appeal. Yeah. You know, if you look at the other sort of like marquee games for the Amiga, like Shadow of the Beast, 
You know, that was a successful game, but it appealed to sort of your teenage boy types. Yeah. The people that could fit in that shirt that came with the game. Um, the uh, regular fat guys again. Lemmings is a game that appeals to every gender, every age, every demographic because it's instantly graspable what you have to do and how you get there. Yeah, just a few. I, I, I caught some trivia on Moby. I wanted to share because I'd never heard this stuff before. So get this: um, the uh, the Amiga powered a survey of famous programmers uh, uh, of what game they wish they'd written and why, and Lemmings won. And it was over with everybody. And they quote Archer McLean, Andy Beverly. They they quote all a lot of big time players like this is the so even amongst its peers, it was it oh was yeah. Like and, and, and Peter Molyneux talks about how when he was designing his games, yeah. he would always have a second PC set up running Lemmings. <laughs> and whenever whenever he would get stuck in a hit whatever game he was designing, he'd go over and he'd play a couple games of Lemmings. It's funny you should mention it because amongst the trivia, I wasn't going to mention this, but I'm going to do now. Uh, you've heard of Terry Pratchett, the author. He's one of my favorite authors of all well, time. Well, you've heard of him then. Have I've you heard, heard this him. little snip then? No. Uh, so he said that he was so addicted to Lemmings, he had to delete it from his hard drive and wipe out the original disc because it was he was worried he was going to make him miss headlines. <laughs> and then he threw the computer out the window and that buried is, it. When you erased your original disc, <laughs> right. that means you're an addict. <laughs> that's hilarious. That's funny. I, I thought that was funny. You know, so, it, I had no idea he was, that was Terry was your favorite. That's kind of neat. It's, it's something that... Um, you know, a, a couple things about Lemmings. It, at the time, it was the biggest Scottish video game of all time. And I'm sure it's still one of the biggest Scottish video games. We don't talk about the gaming scene up in Scotland a lot. Much of the chagrin of Dave Velociraptor. Yeah, I'll be honest. I don't know. Well, I'm going to tell you. I'm oh. going to inform you right oh, now about yeah. all you want to know. Okay. This game came out of Dundee. Straight out of Dundee. You know yeah. what else was in Dundee? What? The Sinclair Manufacturing Plant. Okay. Okay? Yeah. So when Sinclair, when Spectrums came back broken, they didn't fix the Spectrum. They did the thing that they do now, which is give you a new Spectrum. Yeah. So the Sinclair factory had all these broken Spectrums, and everybody in Dundee knew a guy that lived at the Sinclair factory, or worked at the Sinclair factory. So you were getting these Spectrums that were sort of slightly broken. So everybody in Dundee was a, that was into computers had these spectrums and they were all they was sort of like the uh, the computer club in Silicon Valley, you know, back in the day. Yeah. DMA design was born out of this computer club with these guys that just happened to live in the you know in the area where they made these spectrums. Yeah. And so this game when it came along, it really changed the face of, you know, what people thought of like, you know, Scottish game development. Forevermore. How you neat. Know? Yeah. What other big games have come from Scotland, Boat? Well, all, all the... Uh, so, well, I mean, obviously all the DMA stuff. Yeah, all the... All D- their... Well, that's the thing. There wasn't a scene there before. Right. And so they sort of... And it, since then, I don't know. I, it seems like Dundee's sort of fallen on is hard Dundee times. Is Dundee where they've got the Lemming statue? That's where the Lemming statue is. Yeah, you've never been near Dundee. Never been to you? Scotland. So one of these days, when you get up there, you have, to, you have to check that out. I'd love to go. It's a good-looking statue, too. It's yeah. very nice. Just a couple of uh, little tidbits before we get to the reviews. I, I thought this was neat, and the Atari ST gets so little love. The ST version of this, I didn't know this, but the ST the ST has the the LED on the disk drive is is software controllable. So this in this game, it blinks when the last three building blocks are used by the bridge builder Lemming. Really? Yeah. So they added huh. that little thing. Uh, this also came out on the CD TV and the CD thirty two. The CD32 version is just the CD TV version, exactly the same. So there you go. Of course, it would come out on those because they were desperate 
I wouldn't want to play this with the CD32 controller, I can tell you that. Or the CDTB wireless controller, come to think of it. I'm it telling you, if you've got those shoulder buttons, it's not so bad. It's yeah, but that so thing bad. went in infrared. That's, oh, what, that's, that's what I'm no talking good. about. That's no good. So, you may be stunned at these reviews, Boat. You're gonna, in fact, I guarantee you're going to be stunned. Lemon, the people at Lemon give this 8.86. That's their, which is a way up there. It's amongst the b- biggest right. names on Lemon. Um, I'm not going to go over all these because everyone looked at it, but the scores range from a high of 97 to a low of, of 90. What do you think Amiga Joker gave this thing? 42. No, it gave it a 90. It wow. one of the highest recorded Joker scores of all time. <laughs> but, I mean, the cumulative score total, according to Lemon, our good friends at Lemon, 94%. This is an incredibly popular game. All across the board. It got no bad reviews. But. So I was just doing a little... Because everybody knows the DMA went on to become Rockstar right. and GTA. And that's you know everybody hangs their hat on that. But there's another game that they made for... That they made with Nintendo in a sort of Rare-like partnership. Yeah. Not Rare as an uncommon, but I mean like, like they like did with Rare. Rare. Did, yeah. um, and it's one of my favorite games for the, the Super Nintendo... Do you remember the unicycle racing game called yeah. Uniracers? We did. We, I think me and Britt played that on uh, ARG. Yeah. yeah. So that was a, that was another I hated that game. <laughs> really? I oh, it at all. I love Uniracers. It was called Unirally in um in uh in, in the UK. But yeah, so that was sort of the the in between GTA and Lemmings. Did we get any Discord action on this boat? Oh yeah, you know we did. Oh, while you're Lemmings. while you're digging that up, <laughs> I want to just to because we're gonna have to mention this. This had expansion. Uh, Lemmings had Oh No More Lemmings was released uh, in also ninety one. It was a uh, it was released as a data disc or standalone game. It added five different difficulties: tame, crazy, wild, wicked, and havoc, each with twenty new levels. So that's that's a hundred new levels. Uh, and, yeah, a hundred new levels. It also had uh, enhanced graphics and sound effects, and got ported to a bunch of the other machines. And of course, we could sit here all day and talk about the spinoffs and the uh, sequels. Uh, they had the we in fact we covered uh, Christmas Lemmings or Holiday Lemmings. There was Lemmings Two that I think with their the tribes was mm-hmm. one of the Lemmings. There's been a ton 3D Lemmings, yeah, tons of the Lemmings. I think it sort of uh, blazed out right around the 3D era. Mm-hmm. They couldn't make the turn like Worms did. Worms well, Worms off. sort of blazed out no, no, and worms, blazed back. Worms 3D mm-hmm. is is way better than Lemmings. Mm-hmm. It just didn't it, because the concept of that's real tough for mm-hmm. Lemmings. It's just you tough. know, I want to ask you. Do you do you, you know you, we're talking about games with tiny things? Do you think that <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. that Lemmings or Worms is the better game? Well, Lemmings is the better game. However. I have more. I think Worms is a more better game for me. That's. I feel exactly uh, the and, same way. Me and Luke. I'll be. We play Worms Golf every mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. Now it's not the original Worms, but it's a spinoff. Right. And we've played a million tons of Worms. Yeah. Now I haven't played two player Lemmings with Luke. He might get into it. I should probably try it. But there's a lower level of entry mm-hmm. for Worms. I think for Lemmings. Maybe not for Lemmings. No, for, no Worms is real. The old worms, there wasn't a ton to do. I know that you're dealing with a lot of different. You're dealing with controls. I, I, well, yeah, I'm, just, is, I'm just going to disagree. You can I screw disagree. up. Here's how it is: you can screw up in worms, and then your game's not instantly over because you've got other worms. You can figure it out. Where lemmings, if you screw up, you're boned. So, but I mean, it's close. But I mean, which is the better, more clever game? They're both great. Don't worms would be the only other game that's in the running for biggest export from the Amiga, yeah. wouldn't you say? Yeah. I thought about that. But I think Lemmings, 
Uh, and of course, Team Seventeen still around, mm-hmm. still making Worms games, yeah, still making Worms uh, games. Uh, so, but it's close. But they're both they're both great. Yeah, I, but I, I agree with you. I think Lemmings is the better game, but Worms is more fun, and I enjoy it a lot yeah. more. Um, Pajaco sixty five hundred two writes: After playing the heck out of a cover disc demo, my folks enjoyed this so much they actually brought me a copy of it. It was that good. They wanted it. <laughs> Last night I whizzed through the fun levels, and although some of the level design is repetitive at times, I couldn't help but just play one more level. In fact, to this game I got to bed quite late. I regret nothing. <laughs> Unlike many old games that have not aged well, Lemmings holds up well and is still fun to play. I'll admit my reflexes weren't always up to the job, and I messed up a few times, but I'm sure with some practice I could get good. If I had one improvement, I would add a speed-up button because there's a lot of waiting around. Some of the ports did apparently include this, as does the sequel, so a lot of felt, uh, so clearly a lot of folks felt the same. I found having to sacrifice blocker lemmings felt a bit cruel. I mean, those guys did their duty, and you just gotta off them and get out. I'm sorry, lads, but it's kablooey time for you. I'll never forget you all. The game proved you could cram a lot of character into a tiny amount of pixels, and that's what made the game. Some of the later versions with more cartoon-like lemmings can get in the bin. The only way to play this game is with the mouse. I've tried this on consoles with controller, and it is horrible. A top 10 Amiga Classic, 9 out of 10. So you disagree heavily with that. I do. I disagree. It probably takes some getting used to. Well, and again, it's what you... I didn't didn't have a mouse to begin with. It's the same like the up-for-jump Stockholm Syndrome apologists. Um, (laughs) David Hearn Ryder asks, or he writes, Let's go! Their confident proclamation makes you think they know what they're doing. Don't buy it. These fools have zero survival skills, but you can be their hero. They come out. You try and save as many of them as you can, you either, you, and you either get the required number home or bulk swear and keep reti- retrying. <laughs> if you're not going to pass the level, then making your lemmings blow up in unison makes for a neat second prize. <laughs> the difficulty curve is just right, and despite being so small, the lemmings exude character. Their voice samples bringing them to life. Such was the innovation. A friend who had always considered computer games a waste of time got hooked. See, that's what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. She came to work raving about lemmings, and I know her colleagues thought she'd lost the plot. Truth was, she was trying to save her little friends from ending up in one. It's cute, it's fun, it's clever, and everything in the game works. I still love the original and its festive editions, more so than the overcooked sequels. Lemmings remains a triumph in game design and a jewel in the Amiga's crown. Well said. You know... I'm going to agree with him on that last part about the sequels. I don't think I ever enjoyed any of the Lemmings more than the first one. Even, even the Christmas. You know, like one of the, the things one. that Worms brought to the table, Worms brings to the table, is that you have an infinite amount of weapons that you can discharge yeah. to move around. With Lemmings, I mean, you could give them other jobs, but you're not really going to improve on the ones that are already there. And you really don't necessarily want them to have right. too many jobs. Right. And when they moved into, like, I, I mean, I'm sure if you're really into Lemmings, you were into stuff like the Tribe and mm-hmm. stuff, but... Me, not so much. I want to mention... Was that the last review? Yes. I want to mention, because we haven't touched on it, but uh, the two-player uh, on this... You know, it's funny. Me and Boat, long ago, we sat down and played the two-player on this, and, and both of us think for the first time. I never tried it. And we had a ball. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It, and it was surprising to me. It's a split-screen, two-player, simultaneous play, and it's fun. You get 20 levels. It's almost like a, a whole separate game in a weird way because you're getting to play with your buddy on the screen. It does a good job. The Amiga doesn't chug along or anything. And it, and it, and we had a lot of fun with it. It's something I want to bring back 
for for Bowfest, hope we get some two player lemmings. You going. know, Soup in the chat says Worms was originally a lemmings mod. Did you ever read that anywhere? I've never heard that because, I I, as I recall, Worms was brought to uh, was brought to them Team Seventeen by a guy who had been shipping shopping it around at a at a. Uh, um, um, one of these, uh, you know, where they have like all the all the producers there, all the distributors there, and he got uh, someone sent them over to Team Seventeen. I can't recall the studio that did, and then Team Seventeen were like, "Sign this sucker up." So I never heard that. Yeah, uh, I give Soup's, that I give that the big chinny reckon. Maybe Soup's got the inside scoop. You never know. You never know. Um, just to close the door here, boat. But yeah, two point lemmings fun. Uh, I looked this up on eBay. I was actually this was a surprise to me, boat. Uh, was the was the eBay price on this thing? Uh, so I, there I, there aren't a ton of these out there, uh, but there are some out there, and they're going for reasonable prices. Uh, I saw these. Now I saw some people go bananas. For example, the CDTV version, which I've never seen, you can get the jewel case copy for seventy bucks uh, or eighty bucks, and I saw the discs and manual going for under thirty, and I saw plenty of box copies going for thirty. Some even lower, and if you if you find a deal, you can get these things for a twenty. When you sell fifty billion copies of something, I suppose the resale value goes down. But I don't have a copy of this, so it's something I'm going to be able to look out for. I love the box art too. Oh, it's great! Yeah. Everything about it is done with class. This is a psychosis. This is sort of outside their usual. Co- it's more like Bill's Tomato Game than it's any of their usual stuff. Mm-hmm. Again, psychosis, the diverse studio. They did some other stuff. I know you're not the biggest. Like fan. I said, like I said in the beginning. You know, a broken clock's right right twice a day. Well, one thing's for sure. They went to the money bank mm-hmm. with this bad boy. And uh, I enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed this more now than I did when I was younger. Because I got more time to sit down and fiddle with it. Good stuff. Are you a sketchy tech? Do you have the right tools for the job? Have there been incidents? Next time, don't try to fix it yourself. Send your broken Amiga to Retro Rewind. Get a full diagnostic, a reasonable estimate, and the peace of mind knowing that your machine is in the hands of real technicians with decades of experience and cutting-edge repair equipment. Save 10% off your repair with the promo code AMIGOS10. Thank you to RetroRewind.ca for supporting this episode. Amiga News. You know, Aaron, before we get into the news, mm. we got a couple things in the mail I'd like to share real quick. All the right. first one is a postcard from one of our longest uh, lasting supporters. He stuck it out with us almost 10 years. Jonas O'Brien from O'Brien's Retro and Vintage sent us a lovely Christmas card. He says, thank you for all the great shows. And he says his favorite was Conversations from the Dark Side. What? <laughs> There you He's go. He's the one. Yeah. So uh, thank you, Jonas. As always, That's you sent awesome. us lovely cards, and we wish you all the best from up there you know, in Norway. You're right. Jonas has been, uh, he was one of the first people to ever, like, write into mm-hmm. us. You know how happy, I, when Boat showed me this before the show, it made me so happy. Because, I mean, O'Brien's has been friends of ours for so long. I assume the business is still kicking up there. And, uh, uh, you know, I wish Jonas nothing the best. A great guy. He sent us some crazy stuff over the years. Just an all-around great gun. We appreciate it. We also got this in the mail boat. Uh, this parcel right here. I believe this came from the offices of, bam, Amiga Addict boat. I'm going to pull this right out here. And, uh, bam, look at that, Boatster. It's an Amiga Addict uh, cover disc. 
Number 24. So they do exist, ladies and gentlemen. Cover disc for Amiga Addict boat. Lovely stuff. That is nice, isn't I'm it? I'm sure Mr. Pix was behind that. And uh, I wonder if this is the issue that we appear in. You think That would so? be great. That would be great because my mom's been pestering me to get a copy of that. Um, and in speaking, Aaron, of Amiga Addict, our yeah. first story this week is about the newest issue, issue 27. This one, there's a uh, there's stories about uh, the new Amiga documentary from Anthony and Nicola Caulfield. Uh, there's reviews of the classic games Alfred Chicken and Moonstone. That's we one of Brent's favorites, by yeah. the way. Um, there's a cool look at an audio device called the Bass MX. Or Bass. It could be a fishing device. True. And uh, there's a bunch of stuff, including... Ravi looks at how you can bring a bit of Amiga to your phone. Oh, God. <laughs> to your iPhone, no less. Come on, Ravi. Look at that. Uh, let's talk again about this cover art. I don't know if we mentioned this before. This is the... I told I told, I told Pixels, like, listen, he posted this in the Discord, and I've dropped to one knee, <coughs> and I paid an homage to this. It's, in case you're not... If you're not seeing this... It's a it's a blonde guy with chiseled blonde guy mm -hmm. power punching a hawk man in the chest and a hawk man's <laughs> note selling it. He's in tight leather pants. It's a wolf child picture. And I told him I was like, listen, this is the the best cover you've ever had on this magazine. It is I great. do agree. You need that but on I, that needs to go on the jeans. Well, jacket. I told him, I said, listen. If Wolfchild is getting this, and Wolfchild, let's face facts, Wolfchild's a C-grade game. Yeah. I want Lionheart splayed on the front of this thing, yeah. doing some whooping the crap out of something, mm -hmm. because that's the cover that's going to sell magazines. But this Wolfchild, if you can get Wolfchild over, brother, you're doing something you're doing with your something magazine. Right. You're so doing this, something right. I haven't been this excited. I'm more excited for that cover than the issues we were in, <laughs> because that is the, one, the mother of all great covers right there. I loved it. Now, Aaron, this next story uh, is one that is near and dear to your heart, and it's one that we just uh, did an extensive look at on Amigathon. Uh, JOTD has released a transcode of the original oh, Donkey Kong for the Amiga 500. Aaron, you had a chance to play this. Yeah, what I did. did you think? Listen, uh, JOTD is the man. All right. Now, I, I, this isn't even the first transcode of Donkey Kong we played. Because they did a, a miracle number on the Coco mm -hmm. years ago, mm -hmm. we were everyone was stunned. Like, how is this possible? Right. So when I heard the Amiga was getting Donkey Kong, I didn't know it was a transcode until we started playing it. And then once they said, "Hey, this is a transcode," listen, transcode to me means picture perfect, chef's kiss. I played this; it plays like a champ. No lag. It's beautiful. We played this on your ultra screen mm -hmm. at Amigathon. This was ten shades of awesome. If you're an Amiga, if you're an Amiga owner and you haven't played Donkey Kong, like I don't know, you lived in a cave somewhere. Maybe it's not a thing that they played in Europe or whatever. Get it, get this bad boy. Pick it up. It is top shelf, top shelf. I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. And I love these transcripts. Keep them coming. Listen, some people will be like, "Yeah, what's the point of this crap?" Because you can load Donkey Kong up on your actual Amiga. That's why. Right. And play a right. perfect version. Right. right. You can do things that you never would have thought possible. And this, I don't recall the stats to run this. They aren't super high. Let's see here. Uh, I'm looking here to see if they've got it written down here in, anywhere. I mean, I don't think they're it like plays on a stock 500. High. Bam. They're, it's. I salute that man. I saw. You know, I'm the biggest. I'm looking. There's a Donkey Kong right there. Mm -hmm. So I know, I know it's crap. Right. You know, I would tell you. Yes. I would, I'm ready to bury a game that blows Donkey Kong up. Mm -hmm. We'll save that for Donkey King. Yeah. 
Hey now. All right, Aaron. Next up, you know, there's Amiga events. Amigathon is not the only event that is centered around the Amiga every year. Yep. Okay. I've there's heard there's, that. there's tons of them, and one of them is good old Fosdem. Fosdem. That's right. The biggest Belgium Amiga explosion you can possibly dream of Man. is going down in Brussels, February third and fourth. Just kidding. It was two and a half weeks ago. Oh. You already missed it, but. Guess what? I'm sure there was a lot of FOSDEM uh, archiving going on up there. And if you want to get into what went on, one of the talks was uh, the evolution of the open source Amiga accelerator used in the PyStorm project. Ooh. Yeah, so you can hear Andrew Hutchings talk all about that. And I think that this was probably recorded and is probably up on YouTube. I think YouTube there's a video right here. Maybe this is it, but I'm going to hit play on it and see what it says. This might have just been for the event. Now, there's something here. So this is probably the this is probably the talk it is. Mm. So you can go to the uh, the links and this is the actual talk on this thing. You ever been over to uh, Belgium boat? You never. Can, you're a big uh, world traveler. Never never been over to Bruges and, and Brussels. Mm -hmm. You know, to me, you hear Belgium and Brussels. I mean, it, like I, I can't imagine. I mean, it just it seems like it'd be a picturesque, like uh, beautiful. Old country yeah, style place. That's to what go. I think of too. I bet they got good eating over there. I bet there's lots of farms. Probably like a lot like West Virginia. Well, I, I went, the only thing I know about Belgium is that the Belgian chocolate. What we about get, Belgian get, waffles? Those um, are good waffles. Eating. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You so, know, what's the scoop on uh, when when you is Belgian flat or mountainy? You know? I, I think that it, well, the Netherlands they always say it's the low country. Yeah. You know, maybe Belgium is the high country. Maybe it's built on cliffs. Like the cliffs of Dover. When we go on the Amigos European tour, put Brussels in there. Questions will be answered. How big for is sure. Brussels? Is it bigger than Huntington, for example? Hard to know. Yeah, Hard it's probably bigger than Hurricane. All right, Aaron. Next up, we've got uh, this is the this was the big news on our Discord server this week. Yeah. Hysteria. Hysteria. That's a, a Def Leppard album, I think. Hysteria. Right. You need? Yeah. Um, it That's says, the it this comes directly from Frank, the head honcho at Retro Rewind. He says, after investing nearly a year of effort, Holy. the official BBS of RetroRewind.ca is now operational. I'm going to try to go Hysteria to BBS is there powered is. by Zeus 1.7 on an Amiga 4000. Feel free to fire up your preferred ANSI Telnet client and connect to bbs.retrorewind.ca on port 23, or you can use the built-in fancy HTML5 client and access it from any browser. Aaron, I'm already on here, brother. By you the way. were a big BBS guy back in oh, the yeah. day. Yeah, that's right. What did, does the idea of new BBSs excite you? Oh yeah, it does. Oh yeah, a big time. Uh, in fact, I, like I said, I, I was one of the first people to log on to this bad boy, mm -hmm. and uh, you know I know what I like. And uh, uh, look at that, I'm in. No. If, you're, if you're watching at home, no, don't do that. But you're looking, right now I'm on the board. Look at all the cool guy, like, antsy. Now, let me ask on. you a question, Aaron. Are BBSs cross-platform? Yeah, oh, you, yeah, cross-platform, so, yeah. You know, on my, I've got my, my FujiNet hooked up to my Atari. Can I connect to this with my Atari? Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything. I'm going to do it tonight. If, if you've got a, a compatible, like, uh, BBS, like, uh, you know, I... Program, yeah, yeah. you're in. All right. You're in. I'm using, by the way, I'm just logging in from uh, the freaking browser. Mm -hmm. So don't feel like you've got to have uh, some kind of gimmick. You can go to bbs.retrorewind.ca and get yourself logged in. And I've noticed that there's quite a few of us out of the chat that are already logged in. 
Uh, it's it's awesome. It's I'm gonna do party. that. He's got door games, by the way. I'm gonna do that during your disaster stream tonight. That's the, that it helps it distract you from the actual stream. <laughs> right, it's right. a good move. You're making the right call. <laughs> now, Aaron, our next story. We're gonna pat ourselves on the back. A we bit. are, and by ourselves, I mean our amazing community. Yeah, because we basically sat there. Right. And Amigathon 2024 is over, Aaron. Yeah. Twelve hours of me gaming goodness in my basement. Yeah. Um, and uh, we raised the the total at the end of Amigathon was 4,800, but we've surpassed that now. If you head on over to Amigathon.com, you'll see that we've raised over $5,000. Looks like $5,235 in support of Children's Miracle Network Hospital. So, hey, that. a big shout out to every single one of you that donated, that watched the stream, that spread the word. Um, the sponsors. All the sponsors. We had some great sponsors this year, Boat. We did. It was, it was, a, it was a fantastic event. It was by far the smoothest Amigathon has ever gone. Uh, we didn't have any streaming issues. We didn't have any cable modems blowing up. I try not to give you any credit. Well, but thank you. I will say this: you had the sponsors lined up, good to go, and they were all they all came through. Great sponsors. You had the gimmick lined up. We just had to sit down. All I do is literally, I walked into Boat's house. I brought a bunch of crap, never even opened it. Sat down and played games for twelve hours. Occasionally getting up to eat. Mm-hmm. That was it. That was done. John Marshall. God bless him. Brought the grub. Yep. The chud. Brought yep. us an Amigathon cake yep. over. Mm-hmm. It all came together. So locally, it was great. Right? And then, and I want to thank everyone out there who really showed up. And every year, a lot of the same guys come in. Again, it's not easy sometimes to even put in a buck. I mean, sometimes you're hard up. I've mm-hmm. been there, man. I may be there again in a few months. <laughs> but... Uh, I appreciate everyone who donated or who just even watched and just, and hung out. It was one of the most. It may be the. I can't. I can't say for sure because the year we did the multi people hosting because Ash said hi, so they got mm-hmm. tons of people. But just for us hosting, this is the biggest thing we ever done. Yeah, it was the most people that ever watched Amigos in any form, mm-hmm. any of our shows mm-hmm. by far, mm-hmm. and so. Especially at this far into the run of Amigos, <laughs> I get to give everyone uh, uh, my personal thank you for helping us uh, bring this thing in and making it run. And thank you both for doing a great job. You always do a great job. What was Amigathon. your What was your favorite part of Amigathon? <clears throat> well, the TV sports basketball part was, again, it seemed like I was being surly, but I I can't tell you how many years I've waited to play four people at once on that. It seems so stupid. So that was a big part of it that I really enjoyed. Uh, I always enjoy uh, uh, when we have people come w- and hang out with us, mm-hmm. and everyone was there having a good time. I really liked base jumpers. Mm-hmm. That was a fun game. I'd never heard of that one before. We played all those new games at the beginning. It was so much fun. That's my favorite part is showcasing all the new yeah. games because they're all so good. They're all so good. Yeah. Not a dud among them. Yeah. And then we got we got to dip into the more classic stuff. When I, I mean. This was the most fun I've had just straight up gaming on the Amiga, maybe ever. It was mm-hmm. great. And everything ran well. I mean, I'm, like I said, we're not going to pat ourselves in the back too much because really the people watching it are what are the people that made it happen. But from a technical standpoint, when you've been through the ringer like we have year after year after year of bad internet, all these crazy mishaps, mm-hmm. all this trouble we've had mm-hmm. over and over and over, it's so nice when one of these goes off without a hit. Yeah. That was, so it's, it's a technical home run That's right. as far as I'm concerned. That's right. 
All right, Aaron. Now next I'm going to botch the broadcast here. I'm sitting here. It's going to go down. You know, Aaron, I know you've been itching about a major update to Roadshow. Listen, Dave and Z ran into the chat room. It was like there was like a, something, a major disaster or a sports event had happened. <laughs> like I can picture Dave running with like with papers in his hand, going both, both, stop the presses. We're going to talk about Roadshow 1.15. Listen, but tell them what you said after you read vote after you read Dave's message twice. I said I don't know what you need. I don't know what this is, Dave. <laughs> so, and so Dave sent me a link, yeah. which I'll read to you now. This is in German. Okay, uh, I'll read. I'll read it to you in English. Oh, okay. I'll translate it on the fly. Wow, pretty good, eh? It says the free Roadshow TCIP TCPIP 1.5 update is now available to all customers. Okay, so that you'll have to own their original roadshow to get the, the the good deal. Oh okay? man! Now this is a this is a paid upgrade. You got to pay four euros ninety plus shipping in the online shop. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, but you can shipping. also you can also buy it as a digital download. Oh, okay. okay. So what are you doing with this? Well, guess what? Uh, <laughs> this update is focused on improving installation and maintenance tasks. Mm. If that doesn't get you fired up, I don't know. Oh, maintenance task. Those are important. When you're getting online with your $60 TCP IP stack to to browse with your $40 browser. Is that what this costs? I don't know what it costs. I mean, if you buy it outright, what's that cost? I'm going to go to amigashop.com. We're going to find out right now how much the uh, original. It's funny. Me and Boat were talking about this before the show. And because we were talking about the. How dedicated. I'm going to put this in a more uh, positive spin on it. Sure, man. Do it. You have to be a dead, and we know like guys like Edmonds is a good example of a guy that sits around doing this, all right? So we know good people do this, and Edmund and his brother in chat. Uh, but for the folks and Dave Z who who go get their Amiga out, they soup their Amiga up. Then it's not like you can just take the Amiga and just log on to YouTube or whatever. Oh no, you got to you got to pay for this. I mean, let's. I mean, it's a fifth rate browser. It's a first rate Amiga browser, but it's it's nothing like a proper browser. Then you got to buy this TCPIP stack for whatever x amount of money. It looks like twenty five euros for yeah. the uh, for the archive download. Yeah, and then if you want the USB version, it's uh, this thirty euros. So Do you that's get just, the upgrade with that, or is that the upgrade? I, I don't believe the upgrade is included. So you're in, in for like fit, let's say fifty euros. 50, 50 so that's euros. about seventy bucks. Yeah. So you're seventy bucks there, and then another six. So you're into hundred and thirty bucks. I got a computer with Windows eleven. I bought cheaper than that. <laughs> It's sitting in my room in a box. All right, now I'm not saying that you're crazy because everyone's got their passion. I bought a jukebox one time. I'm an idiot. I was what the heck was I thinking? You were a jukebox hero. I was a jukebox moron. Is what I was. Oh, a jukebox hero—the first thing I ever sang on Rock Band. It really? sounded just like you think. But you know, because I was like, "Well, I've got this MP3 player. Why am I buying this big dopey thing?" It's because of passion. Mm-hmm. It blinds you, makes you crazy. Yeah. The cra- I mean, look at this. We got crazy crap everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we're dumb. Yeah. I got Donkey Kong right there. I can put on the Amiga. Everyone's got their gimmick. So if you're one of these people, and, and the people that work on this stuff, I have no doubt, are dedicated, hardcore suckers. They're getting there, getting it done. Eyebrows don't write itself. The TCPI stack, whatever. That's fine. It's got to have it. And so I salute you, hardcore people, because me and Boat are the softest core people you've ever seen. I'm like soft serve, melted soft well, serve. Well, the the, on the flip side, you even you. Mr. I just bought a bunch of welding crap. Oh, listen. You've got your own hang. We all cross across the bear. 
This hobbies make you an idiot. They All do. of them do. Hobbies make you an idiot. How many is dumb a great things have you done to be to, because you got a wild hair? All of them. Are you watching coins? Yeah. Bitcoins, boats. You wouldn't believe VR. how close I am to buying a rooftop tent for my new Subaru. <laughs> a tent you erect on top the Subaru. <laughs> Weren't you just telling me that you think you thought that maybe the car wasn't the best place for me with a bad back? <laughs> Listen, I'm gonna start stealth camping and getting a solo stove. It's gonna be great. You're gonna then you can have your big big boats van. That's right. It seems like big boats van is a bad title for that. <laughs> anyway, road show. There you go, everybody. We got one more story this week, Aaron. One more. This is exciting. This is, uh, this is our lone uh, uh, new, uh, gaming story besides Donkey Kong. Uh, Dunk Hunt has been released. What is it called? Dunk Hunt. It's where you is that what shoot, it's called? You shoot Charles Barkley. I'll just shot Duncan Styles. So, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, if you. Uh, <laughs> If you were looking to um, play Duck Hunt, I wonder if this is light gun compatible. Well, the, the Amiga can use it a light gun. It says all you need is a mouse to play. So I guess you're going to play this with a mouse. So That's a lot easier. This is a uh, this is a very good-looking version Wait, This looks like they've, they've actually juiced it up yeah, a little bit. I, I, think, I don't recall the clouds moving in the NAS Also, version. look at the duck. Wrong. They're shading. Yeah. The duck's head's green. Yeah, so very impressive. You know, Duck Hunt, I love Duck Hunt. You know, when, I, when we first got the NES... That was the first game I ever played. When oh yeah, we brought it home was Duck Hunt. You know, so. uh, it's funny. I've I've got uh, uh, got an NES. Mm-hmm. Got a lot. Went out and bought me a two light guns because the first one I got was a dud. Mm. You got to buy. Let me tell you something. Don't cheap out in a Nintendo light gun. <laughs> don't get the third party. Get the oh. go and find an actual <laughs> yeah. one, which still works fine. Mm. Put it on TV. You're good to go. And Duck Hunt is a solid game. It always game. was. You get that Duck Hunt Mario mm-hmm. Brothers combo, you're in. They call it a killer app. Oh, dude, yeah. that one that'll move some systems. Yeah. And the funny thing is, you remember how Nintendo was using all those gimmicks early on, like mm-hmm. oh, we got a robot and all that stuff. Yeah. They didn't need any crap. Yeah. You get the because gu- it's America. Yeah. We want to shoot some ducks. <laughs> shoot Give them me dead. the freaking gun. How many so. times have we tried to pop a cap on that dog when oh, you get to yeah. the last at Yeah. You? Yeah. All right, guys, that's going to wrap up this week's Amiga News. That's some good news, Boat. I like that. What do we got coming up next week on the show? Who knows? Let's find out. The Fairy Tale Adventure. This is based on my life. <laughs> this is based on my life. The Fairy Tale Adventure. I've heard, I've heard lots so of, much I've, about Yeah, this is one of those games that you get the people coming out of the woodwork talking about. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to giving it a shot and yeah. seeing... What it's all about. Yeah, now this is a, uh, what week is this? Is this Adventure Week or whatever? I mean, Who is this, knows? Is this one of those, like, uh, is this a, a point-click game or what is no, it? No, this, I believe this is a direct control game, maybe in the in the, in the vein of, like, uh, like The Hobbit. Remember how it's like you're, oh, well, you, you click That's on the screen hard. to yeah. make it. I'm like, you know, I should shut up because I've never played this game before, so I don't know. Maybe it's a point-and-click adventure. I will say, we've got an insider on the Discord that's providing us with all the material we need for all this right. one. So now, so now it's The world's biggest fairy tale adventure fan is on our side. Dreams into action. Hey, thanks again, everybody, for joining us at uh, Amigathon. And uh, we'll be back Sunday. Me and the Brent will be coming around for a little uh, R. Sinclair boat. Baggers in space. Baggers. This is, this is ZX Next material mm-hmm. here. Did we only cover? I was. That's why I brought this up. Did we only cover the one next game? I don't remember doing one. Yeah, we only did speed. <laughs> I remember. You know, if I'm going to port a game, it's going to be from Acorn Archimedes. We talked to the guy, real nice guy, real so nice guy. We'll be back at it, and then we may be doing a little something. On a little top something of that. on Tuesday or Sunday afternoon. Tune in. Tune in for a little little surprise stream. Should be fun. All right, guys. Thank you as always for watching. We will see you next week, and until then. 
Adios! Amigos is made possible by contributions from listeners like you. Patreon supporters help choose the games we play, receive exclusive magnets, and get access to the Amigos Retro Gaming Discord server. Visit patreon.com slash amigospodcast if you'd like to support the show and join our community.